I would ask, if you will, to turn with me in your copy of God's Word to the Gospel of John. And we're going to read just a few verses from chapter 13, verses 31 through 38. John chapter 13, verses 31 through 38. And if you are physically able, I would ask if you would stand at this time in honor and reverence of the reading of God's Word. Jesus at this point had washed the disciples' feet. They had had the Last Supper, so to speak. He had announced the betrayer. The betrayer had taken the bread and dipped it in the juice. Now they were going out into the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus would be betrayed and then taken for this mock trial, if you will, and go to the cross and bearing our sin and shame. And it says in verse 31, When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Today we look at the conflict between our sword and the cross of Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray for your Holy Spirit to preach this message through me, and Lord, that you would speak to our hearts in a wonderful and pure way, and establish it in our hearts as it is in the heavens. Minister unto these that have assembled here today, Lord Jesus, and we rejoice that your word will not return void or empty unto you, but that it will accomplish what it has been set out to do. Now accomplish your will, Lord, through the preaching, reading, and teaching of your word today. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ and for his glory. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus told Peter, where I am going, you cannot follow me now. You can't come right now. You will follow, but you can't come. And John, the writer, gives us uh, a glimpse of Peter arguing with Jesus Christ. What do you mean? Where are you going? What do you mean? I can't go with you now. I would follow you to death. All of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, record this event. Some with uh, a little different detail than others. And we see that in, in also Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It said after the institution of the Lord's Supper and putting these Gospels together to get this story, 
It said, when they had sung a hymn and they went out to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus again uh, gives them the words of the prophet from the Old Testament, and he said, you all will fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Jesus is telling the disciples here, uh, the shepherd is going to be struck. The betrayer is coming. He'd been telling them for some time, I'm going to die and raise again on the third day, but it wasn't sinking in. Their idea of the kingdom and the Messiah was still askew a little bit. And he told them, as the prophet has said, they will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. You're all going to run away from me. But then a wonderful grace here. But after I'm raised up, the third day, I will go before you to Galilee. We've still got work to do. You're going to run. You're going to deny me. You're going to be scared. You're going to be hiding. But I'm going to go before you and we're going to meet again. And Peter speaks out and says these words. Even though they all fall away, I will not. I hear your words, Jesus, that you said we're all going to flee. But even if they do, these other eleven, I'm not. You see, I'm stronger. I'm better. It's as if he was calling Jesus Christ a liar. And I don't think he would have done that intentionally, but he really assumed that Jesus Christ was mistaken about what he had just said. And you know, that seems quite absurd to us to stand right before Jesus and say, wait a minute, I hear what you said that we're all going to fall away, but you're wrong about me. Everybody else, yeah, but not about me. Because I'll stand with you till death. Jesus, you're mistaken. If anyone can go all the way, Jesus, it's old Peter the Rock. I'm bold enough. I can do it. I will do it. And here you see Peter assumed himself better or more faithful or stronger than the other disciples. He rejected the words of Christ not once, not twice, but three times. Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. And then Peter argued again, and more emphatically, if I must die, I will not deny you. And, and then they all jumped in. Yeah, what he said, none of us are going to leave you. Three times. It's interesting about the number three. Three lines form a solid. It has to do with completeness. And so here you see Peter completely denying the words of Jesus Christ. He's in conflict with the words of Christ. Yeah, I hear what you say, and I realize that goes for the guy beside me or the woman beside me, but that really doesn't have anything to do with me because I know myself and I'm strong enough. And because he completely denied him, so to speak, he, I mean, because he, he completely disagreed with his words, he completely failed by denying Christ. They went out to the Mount of Olives, and 
Jesus began to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. They couldn't even stay away. He's in terrible torment as the cross approaches, and then Judas comes with the betrayer's kiss. And as they bring the Roman soldiers out, he said to them, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I was with you in the temple preaching. You didn't seize me. And then Jesus says these words, But let the Scriptures be fulfilled. And you remember he just spoke the Scriptures to the disciples about from the prophet, how the when the shepherd was stricken, the sheep would flee. And he says, when he says, But let the Scriptures be fulfilled... And they all left him and fled, every one of them, including Peter. Jesus was taken for a mock trial, and the Gospel of Mark says that Peter had followed him at a distance, riding to the courtyard of the high priest, and he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, it says one of the servant girls of the high priest came and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, uh, you were also with the Nazarene Jesus. But he denied it. Saying, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't understand what the words are coming out of your mouth. And he, he went into the gateway and the rooster crowed once. Mark's the only one that tells us the rooster crowed twice. It's like the first time is like the rest of us. Um, we have to hear something twice before it really gets with us. He denied it and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and she began to say again to the bystanders, those people around, this man's one of them. He was with Jesus Christ. But again, he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, you have to be one of those guys that were with Jesus, one of his disciples. You're a Galilean. But he then began to invoke a curse upon himself. He began to swear, I don't know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. It was at that time that Peter remembered how Jesus had said to them, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And it said at that time that Peter broke down and wept. We are told also in one of the other Gospels that he saw Jesus' eyes when he denied him the third time and the rooster crowed twice and he broke down and wept. Hmm. Peter could not go where he was going, as we read in John. Jesus told Peter, where I'm going, you can't go. You cannot go where I'm going. You will, but you can't go now. I've got to go alone. And through this chapter 14 of Mark, that's one thing I see is that Jesus is doing this alone. In the beginning of the chapter, we see the plot to kill Jesus. And then Jesus is anointed at Bethany for his death. Judas is, uh, prepares to betray Jesus, and then the disciples run, the betrayal comes. He goes before this mock trial, so to speak, this silly trial to condemn him. And then at the end there in, in verse uh, 72 of Mark chapter 14, it says, when Peter totally denied Christ, totally failed to keep His Word, that He would always be with Him, even unto death. 
Jesus' words rang true, and he broke down and wept. You know what I think the worst thing about prison is? I've not been in prison yet. (laughs) But I think it would be remembrance, memory. Memory of those times when somebody warned you and you didn't heed the warning. When someone helped you and you did not receive their advice or their help. When a mother or grandmother tried their best to keep you on, as we used to say, the straight and narrow, but you chose a different way. And you want to know something else? I think that's the worst thing about hell. I think if we could go into hell and interview those in hell today, what is the worst thing about hell? Is it the flames? Is it whatever, you know, we'd come up with? But I think they would say it's their memory. That they heard mom pray for them and they remember dad reading Bible stories or they remember Sunday school or, or the somebody shared the gospel with them or week after week I sat in a church service and I denied the gospel and I said like Peter, I'm strong enough but I denied the words of Jesus Christ. And every day in torment, while the wrath of God is placed upon you in hell, you remember. And you break down and you weep over and over and over and over again. Hour after hour, day after day, week after week, throughout eternity. I had the opportunity but I disagreed with the words of Jesus Christ. Wow. You see, Jesus had to go this way alone because He alone was fit for this job. He was sent for this job. He was brought into the world for this job. He was God in the flesh. And Jesus alone made the way to the Father in heaven alone. Peter couldn't go that way at that time. Now, I really mean that Peter couldn't go. Jesus had to do this work of redeeming alone. He had to go to the cross and bear our sin and shame. He had to be put to death. He had to conquer death on the third day. He had to do that. Peter couldn't do that with him. Only God in the flesh could bear the sins of the world. Peter couldn't do that. And what we learn here is that even though Peter said, I'll go with you all the way, I'll be with you even unto death, he couldn't do it. Peter was not pure enough or strong enough to save himself, let alone anyone else. You are not strong enough to save yourself, let alone anyone else. Jesus made the way for salvation possible, and he had to do it alone because we can't go with him. He had to bridge the gap. He had to build the bridge that we could go unto God the Father. We can't take our sword and cut our own path. And yet there are some still today that believe, yeah, I realize that Alan needs to to confess his sins and to repent and to ask Jesus, but I really don't have to do that. Isn't that the same as Peter saying, you know what, Lord, I realize they're all going to fall away, but I'm not. 
You can't cut your own path to heaven. Jesus made the way to God the Father, and He is the only way, and you and I are like Peter. We're not pure enough, we're not holy enough, we're not strong enough to make our way to heaven with our own sword. And today many are in conflict with the words of Jesus. When the Word of God tells us you must be born again, yeah, I realize that goes for Jason, but I've got my own thing worked out with God. I want to tell you, I've heard people say that. Me and God got our thing worked out. Unless it's the way that the words of Christ is spoken, you don't have anything worked out. You can try as you may with your sword to cut your own path to heaven, but there is only one path, and it is Jesus Christ. And we all must go that way by faith and belief and trust in Jesus Christ and not upon our own works, not upon our own strength. I don't care how many times you say, yeah, that's what somebody else needs to do, but I don't have to. You will fail and fail miserably and you'll spend eternity in a devil's hell with that memory of every time you heard the gospel and you said, me and God, I got something worked out with him. Though everybody else can go their way, I got my way. And you'll be like Peter and break down and weep over and over and over again. More statistics that come out when they ask people why they go to church. And the percentage of people that go to church is is falling drastically even in my lifetime. And you know, I'll have to say this, this is interesting, this is what I hear many times when I have visited people over the last 15 years as pastor. Well, I want things, I want my kids to have activities, and they want to make it sound all about the kids. My kids need this, my kids need that. In other words, what I'm saying, statistics are showing that when people are asked, why do you go to church? They say, well, I go to church for my kids, I want them or I go to church for friends, or thirdly, I go to church just to help me be a better person. And and you know that sounds good on the surface, but truly it's a statement like Peter. My family and friends need the gospel. I'm fine. If I can get a little nugget to help me be a better person out there, I'm, I'm good shape. Otherwise, I got this thing. It's the same statement of Peter. Yeah, my kids need the gospel, but I don't. They need to know the Ten Commandments, but I'm, I'm okay. My friend, I go to support them or my family members, so they'll quit bugging me so much, but they need that, but I really don't. It's the same as, as the statement of Peter. Though they all fall away, I'll not. I'll make it. I'm a survivor. Until one day you realize you have failed completely as Peter did. There's a conflict between your sword and the cross of Christ. And like Peter, no one here is pure enough or strong enough to make that way. That task was of the Messiah and the Messiah alone. He had to do it alone. No one else, including Peter, was equipped to build the bridge into reconciliation with our Creator, God the Father. 
And that is Peter could not purchase eternal redemption for himself, let alone anyone else. But I want you to notice the story of grace here. Jesus tells them, now, in Mark chapter 26, 27, he says, You all will fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I'm raised up, I'm going to go before you to Galilee. It's not over, it's just beginning. What a beautiful story of grace. In the Gospel of Luke, it, when, in this story, when he tells Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me. Uh, Satan has asked to sift you. And I'm praying for your strength. But when you return, in other words, you're going to fail miserably. But when you do return, strengthen your brothers. What a beautiful story of grace that we find in Jesus Christ. We have sung of that grace so wonderfully today. Chance, I was having so much fun watching you sing the wonderful grace of Jesus. Be bopping it. You had your own little rhythm to it back there. The wonderful grace of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I have failed Christ totally. I don't know about you, but I'm telling you when I say that, I have failed Christ totally in my life. Maybe you're stronger than me, maybe you're better than me, I don't know. But I'm telling you today, I have needed that grace. And that's what makes grace amazing. When I have failed him and found myself like Peter, when I maybe said, that's not going to happen to me. And by the way, I hear that a lot in people's lives, and I'm sure I've been guilty of saying it too. Boy, they really messed up. You know, I would never do that. That's a Peter statement. Be careful what you say you'd never do. I have failed Christ totally. And, and to be honest with you, I fail every day uh, to live up to the potential that he has saved me to be, I guess. I'm a, on my best day, I'm an unprofitable servant in need of grace. And there is the Savior whose hand is out each day when I say, God, I, I failed in that. Come on, let's get ready for the next challenge. When you fail, I'm here. Strengthen the brothers. I want to ask you today, are you in conflict with God's message and God's Word? I'm just here for my kids. I'm just here for my friends. I'm just here for my family. All this stuff y'all doing is a little far out there from me. I really don't need all that. See, I got my other stuff going on. I don't mind to drift in every now and then and, and uh, you know, do the church thing. And, but I'm not like you all. See, I don't, I'm, I'm strong enough my own way. What? Really? Are you sure that you got... Things worked out with God another way than through Jesus? If you do, you are in total conflict with all the words of God. And unless you repent and turn to Jesus Christ today and believe upon Him and His work, my friend, you will spend eternity in a place called hell made for Satan and his demons. And you'll remember every day of every time you denied the words of Christ. 
believe on the Lord and be saved. And you heard that message and you sat thinking, you know, somebody else needs that, but I really don't have to do that. Maybe it's for a a Christian here today as well that maybe, you know, this was the Apostle Peter. He believed and loved the Lord Jesus Christ. Even we Christians fail and we disagree with the Word of God. And maybe you're in disagreement. You're trying to get back in life a different way with your own sword and you're in conflict with the cross of Christ and Jesus Christ's words. I'm asking you today, will you lay down your sword and surrender to the words of Christ? Would you be saved? Christian, would you repent? And I've even heard on another scale, some Christians will say, you know what, Um, Brother Harold's been given gifts and talents. I really don't have any. Or, man, I'm going through my struggles, and it seems like uh, Pat's got it all together in his struggles, and God's got a plan for him, but I don't think he does mine. You know what? You're just as in conflict with the Word of God as the sinner to say things like that when the Word of God teaches us differently. Just, just as much in conflict with the words of Jesus. And by the way, when we say the words of Jesus, I think the whole Bible ought to be in red. Today, will you lay down your sword? And would you look to the gracious Savior that says, yeah, I knew you were going to fail, and I'm still here. I've went before you, and I'm waiting for you. Isn't it wonderful that this story really says there is grace greater than our sin? It knew our sin. He knows our sin before we even accomplish it and yet he says Steve I'm praying for you but when you fail and you are I'll be there and you can come to me and we're going to get things started again beloved would you receive that grace that is greater than your sin today it begins with you Understanding that you must go the way, the only way, that all lost men must go, and that is through Jesus Christ. Would you give your life to Jesus Christ today? Would you believe on the Lord Jesus and be saved? We're going to offer that to you today. That you may come to here, and I would be more than happy and honored to lead you to Jesus Christ in a prayer just like I was by this man when I was nine years old. That can happen to you today too. And find grace greater than your sin.